Hello again, and welcome to another great episode of Matcha and the Thoughts Podcast. And we have an awesome guest coming on on this episode. And just to give you a bit of a description of the person who, that I'm going to have on the show, it is someone who comes from a place that we that a lot of you wish would be in right now. Yes, my star guest for this episode is coming from New Zealand. And of course, from New Zealand, a lot of you wish you'd be in New Zealand, right? Because it feels as if everything is back to normal in New Zealand, but it's not exactly uh, back in the normal. They still have a surge of coronavirus cases, but yeah, I see you. I see all of you wishing you were in New Zealand. But anyway, in the meantime, uh, let's... Cat, I gotta say, Cat B, she's a woman of many professions. She's had lots of great albums, and she's been doing it for 20 years. And also, she has been making a radio show. She's been pulling out all the stops. She's been also been in a in the Switch on Telephone, which happened last June. Okay, so I'd like you to. Hope you've enjoyed. Hope you'll enjoy this amazing episode with the very wonderful Cat B. And here we go. Welcome, Cat B. Good to have you here. Uh, I just want good to have you. Well, it's good to be here, Matthew. Ha! Oh yeah. I was just watching your live streams before this took place. Uh, yeah, I saw you on them. I saw you listening to my bedtime stories and songs. That is so cool. Yeah, so for those who don't even know who is Cat uh, B, who's Cat B? Can you tell us a little bit about how, who she is and what she does? I can. So I am a children's songwriter and entertainer. I live in a small town called Nelson in New Zealand at the top of the South Island. I have been writing songs for children for almost 20 years, or around 20 years, actually. Yeah. Um, and I had my, isn't it? And I had my first one, the second children's song I ever wrote was published on a CD, it was then, that used to go around all primary schools here in New Zealand. And it was called, the song was called Individuality. And when that happened, I decided, oh, I can write kids songs. So that's how it all started. Yeah, like there was this, some kind of complimentary CD that went around, like that passed, that's been passed around, sort of that, that kind of thing. Uh, well, it was an educational CD with a heap of songs on and all the instrumentals and all ideas and the sheet music. And it went, schools bought it, I think, for a certain amount, it. but most schools in New Zealand bought it. And they did around 20 of these CDs over the years. And you I wrote had. It, I wonder. Oh, it was, to, it was the education department that kind of set it up. But yeah. were there any big name artists in New Zealand at the time? Oh, at the time, <laughs> there were. There were a couple. One was called Rada, and she's still going, actually. She still goes. Um, she's basically Lori like Berkner of New Zealand. Yeah. And she, um, so she got on them and a few other people, and a guy called uh, John, oh, why have I forgotten his name? Anyway, I'll think about it. 
And um, so there weren't many of us, to be honest, at that stage. None that you would know today, pretty much. But then, uh, how, what was it like, you know, to have 20 years full of songs in a country that has seen an emergence in children's music? Oh, it's been such an interesting ride, to be honest. Um, so, at first... I I was I kind of felt like I was just doing it on my own for years and years and years and years and years and years. Um, you, you thought you were alone, right? The only well, one. I, I was sort of alone in the fact that I didn't have someone to say, hey, you've done this before because there weren't many of us doing it. So touring around New Zealand, going to schools, all the gigs that I did, there weren't too many people who were doing it way back then. Um, but then I think I met a few of them um, and then, of course, since then, it's just ballooned. There's been so many people who do it. Such a variety of music for the kids. I guess they were inspired by you. <laughs> I know one of them was, you know, Rainbow Rosalind, eh? Rainbow Rosalind, uh, she's yeah. a rainbow. And she's had her own TV show not too long ago. She and has. She's been up to a lot. And Yeah. Well, so she... Where, um, where, were, yep. where did you begin in terms of kids' music? Where did you start? I did a music course at the School of Music here in Nelson and I realised on that course that I could actually write songs. And at the end of that course, I was asked to teach some music at a school. I honestly didn't have a clue what I was doing. I went into the school and we just sang some um, kind of songs that were in at that point. I remember doing Craig David's I'm Walking Away on the keyboard. <laughs> I taught them, do you know that song? You were doing like more or less adult top forty music or something. Yes, I was with the and the kids were all around teen uh, tweens, so they were about eleven and twelve. And then at the end of the year, we were going to do a, a concert, and I thought, oh, we should sing some Christmas songs. And I couldn't decide which ones to sing, and I thought, oh, I'll write my own. So I wrote a Christmas song, first kids song I wrote called Christmas Holidays, which is out there now. I don't know if you've listened to it. Yeah, but, um, and I think they play it every year or so, especially yeah. on the, <laughs> the Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. So then when I wrote that one, someone told me about the Kiwi Kids music CDs, which go around the, you know, into schools. And I wrote Individuality. And then the following year, I wrote Dad, I Want to Be a Camel and Seasons. And they both got on the Kiwi Kids music. Uh, they were just called Kiwi Kids CDs. Yeah, and that's, actually, they were and called Kiwi Kids songs since for all these years. Well, that was a totally different thing. That was an education department thing, and then after that, like years later, we started up the Kiwi Kids music artists yeah, that you know of this today. Sort of collective, right? It's sort of a collective. It's a of collective of us. Yes, that's right. So we can help each other and give each other support. You know, that's basically the same thing as what's going on over in the U.S., am I right? Yeah, and it seems like, and we're all supporting each other via that, the Kindicom um, yeah. Facebook group, which has yeah. also been awesome. You might want to check it out if you're ever interested in checking out what's buzzing in the scene. But anyway, at least you gained your community of your own. Uh, what were people's initial reaction to the songs, to the first songs you'd ever written? Well, um, the kids who I wrote that first Christmas song all seemed to like it. I was like, oh, they're enjoying it. Wow. 
And then when I wrote Individuality, that has probably been one of the most sung songs in this country for 20 years in schools. Whoa! It's like it's like how Laurie Bookner's We Are Dinosaurs Marching. Yeah, I love Laurie Bookner, actually. I think she's awesome. One of my think, faves. Do you think she inspired you? Do you think, do you, have you... Well, I didn't know of her until I was already doing it. So I didn't really look into the kids' music scene until I'd been in it for years. I never really sort of thought about it. I just went off and did my own thing. And between having lots of different part-time jobs, because, you know, to actually sustain yourself financially in this business is not the easiest thing to do. You just happened to look her up, right? Or did someone recommend it to you? That's a very good question. I don't remember how I discovered her, but... Oh, it could have been via my little radio show. I could have been looking for music to play on my radio show. That's what it was, because I remember seeing one that was called Lori Has a Pig on Her Head. <laughs> Wait, how... And... Did someone it's one like, of my favorites. Were you? Did someone like uh, get it off of CDs, or did you get it like, like, like um, back then, like Napster or whatnot? Uh, in my radio show, how did I get it? I seriously can't remember now. But I did play them on MP3s. People send me MP3s, but not Laurie because I didn't actually contact her. I don't think I probably played it off a CD then. Yeah. Yep. Someone, some kind of relative abroad, must have gave you that. You know. But no, but I thought she was great. I think her songwriting's great, and um, she kind of reminds me of me a little bit on stage. <laughs> was it some? Do you think it came from someone who used to live in the U.S. or who lives in the U.S.? Or? You mean the recommendation to listen to her? I probably just googled it. Yeah. Googled children's songwriters and found her and thought she's awesome. Yeah, I love her too. Mm. You wouldn't have kids music without Lori Berkner. I mean, no. what's kids music without Lori Berkner? I mean, it, it would be just. It's just the music. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, have, do you think your career has grown very significantly in the 20 years you've been making music for kids? That's an interesting question. Um, it kind of feels like in this country you get so far and that's kind of as far as you get really because it's a small place. And so... I travelled around for years doing gigs in schools or fairs or festivals or libraries or I mean, any place that I could get gigs. You travelled up and down New Zealand all those years. I did. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't reach all corners of it, but I went all the way to Invercargill and I went right up to the top of the North Island. So, but I didn't do all every single town. Because it took a lot of organising because I had to ring all the schools and I had to email all the schools and jack it all up myself. So I've actually, yeah, I've been doing it what all on my own. What were, how did they, what did they think of your music? Do you think those schools may have heard those music before? Or? Well, because the CDs were in the schools, I was lucky enough to just mention that I knew that I'd that I'd written Individuality and Dad, I Want to Be a Camel, and the schools were like, yeah, we love those songs. So usually I got gigs based on those two songs. And I've had, um, yeah, I have people that go out of their way to tell me how much they love my music. So it's it's good responses. Yeah. Every every school in New Zealand's got one. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Not like every, but most. It's like it's it's like become a right for a school. I mean, it's your most basic fundamental right to have these songs in your schools. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. 
And also, another thing that's changed in the past years, have you, do you think you may have inspired generations of kids and generations of Kiwi artists to get into this field? Um, as far as generations of kids, it, it depends on what you, you mean, but I know that I have people in their 20s coming up to me and saying, your songs were what I grew up with. You inspired me to be an individual, things like that. So I get that happening to me quite often, which is awesome. Like that and, sense of nostalgia? And... Well, it's just that they, yeah, because it was such a widely sung song, especially that one, and Dragons Under My Bed too, I think. Kids just, um, especially individuality, because it's about being yourself. And I think that kids took it on. And um, the last person that said that to me, she had pink hair and she was wearing op shop clothes and she was very individual. And I said, It looks like you embraced that song. And she said, I did. So that was cool. Ooh, that was a very interesting story. And I wonder if that kids, if that those kids who grew up on you when they had kids, did they introduce them to you, and do they ever say like, "Hey, uh, I, 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 I'm introducing my kids to your music," and so on? <laughs> um, I think some probably have done, yes, but also they're probably only about twenty five, twenty six, most of them who grew up uh, singing. Uh, individuality and my song so a lot of them haven't had kids yet so we'll wait and see if the next generation listen to Kath B <laughs> yeah and this whole generation it's like Laurie Berkner you know and it feels like it lasts in the whole generation and yeah it's so, it feels so good that you have a multi-generational approach yeah i think it's awesome kids and did you inspire like other kids artists who are the kiwi kids artists that you have inspired to i don't <laughs> i'm not sure to be honest i know that um like i said rainbow rosalind she decided she wanted to become a kids entertainer she actually wanted to be a fairy and so she asked me if she could come to one of my gigs when she lived in auckland and i lived in auckland and she came along so i think that maybe i helped to inspire her you'd have to ask her that question and the other day i got a message from music with michael you know music with michael and she um sh her daughter came home singing one of my songs and she said thanks for being so inspiring so i wasn't sure whether that meant for her daughter or for her? You'd have to ask her. <laughs> it's very disconcerting. Cause can I tell everybody that Matthew is sitting in front of me on Zoom and next to him is um, is Mary Poppins. No, what's her name? Julie Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews. <laughs> because he's got a backdrop of her um, advertisement for her podcast, Julie's Library. So it's very disconcerting. It looks like she's interviewing me. <laughs> Well, I, I, I chose it because you were going to be in Mary Poppins, which we're going to talk about later on. Yeah. But about the globalization that we've experienced, uh, how have people like in America reacted to your music when you sent them your music for the first time? Um, well, I think it's hard to know. I mean, as far as you know, people are enjoying singing your songs. Um there's a young girl on um, Instagram called uh, Eva, 
and she sings uh, mine and lots of us Kiwi Kids artists' songs online on her little Instagram page, which is really cool. It's so nice to hear her singing. And she's in America somewhere. And um, what was really cool was connecting with other uh, global kids artists in the um, global telethon that Funky Kids Radio um, yeah, organized. Yeah, let's talk about a little about that later. But yeah, like, who was the first uh, international kids DJ you sent it to? How was he impressed? What was his impression? Who was that? What was your first your first the first uh, kids DJ that you sent? your songs to? Uh, that probably was either Funky Kids Radio or Kindling in Australia, and they loved it. They loved it. And every time I put a new song out, they want to have it and they want to play it. So that sounds, that's a good, um, a good testimonial. <laughs> and what about Sagan? Yeah, Sagan. Yeah, Sagan. Yeah, he loved it. He loves it too. And, oh, but he goes, he's so enthusiastic. Like I, them. Sagan is a they them, so I have to correct you. Oh, they them. That's right. Thank you. Sorry. I remember that now. Um, yeah, well, they loved it. They they always ask me for every, um, every song that I put out, and they're very good at playing everybody's new releases. You know, it feels as if they're on the search. You know, they. You know, I. If I need to make were to make a tagline for Radioactive Kids, I would say, "We search the world for the best kids' music and give them to you, live on the air." I recently listened to a podcast with her, with Sagan being uh, interviewed. It was yeah. very good and very Sagan, interesting. If you hear this, uh, I made you a tagline. Yeah. It's true. It's a good tagline. Oh. One of the most amazing things we've seen from Cat B recently is that she has been putting uh, one new song every new every week, a brand new song every week, and that is quite a cool feat. And that has been continuing since earlier this year, and will keep on going. All the way until December. Isn't that awesome? A new song from Cat B every week for the rest of the year. How cool. <laughs> well, anyway, here's a enjoy my conversation with Cat B about this whole strategy and what her creative acts were like during the pandemic. I, I know that you're putting out one song every week. Am I correct? That is correct. <laughs> Until December. Them, how many of them were written during the pandemic and how many of them weren't? Um, well, t 10 of them uh, are on an album called Children, Our Voices Intertwined. And that's the C-O-V-I-D. If you look at the letters in the Children, Our Voices Intertwined. And the D is the last letter. Um, and they were written in the 2020 lockdown in New Zealand between... Um, they were probably written in May, actually. And uh, I was... Uh, given some funding by a funding body here called Creative New Zealand to write these 10 songs and I asked for ideas on Facebook and Instagram and children gave me all these different ideas of which I wrote uh, 10 songs 
And then my friend Doug Stenhouse, he produced the instrumentation for these 10 songs, which was also funded by Creative New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, and then later on we chose or found children or asked children to sing them. And so then we um, recorded their vocals. And it's been quite a long process and Doug's put in a lot of hours um, for which he has not been paid. And I've put in a lot of hours contacting kids and getting them to the recording studio, which was Doug's house, actually, mostly. So, yeah, and what it's all come out, and they're all amazing. Protocols? Uh, well, at that point, we weren't in lockdown again. So it was when we all came out of lockdown. So I didn't do any recording of the kids' vocals, which is why I only applied for funding to write the songs and do the instrumentation. So Doug did his instrumentation at home, and I wrote the songs at my house. So it wasn't until we were out of lockdown that we did all the children's vocal recording. And what were their, how did they feel, you know, working with the one and only Cat B? The <laughs> I think, I think a lot of them were pretty excited about it. Some of them had not been in a recording studio before, so it was all new to them. Um, they all were very good at practicing their songs, and I did get together with some of them to go through it and practice with them. But a lot of them just took it on themselves and went off. And so we have got some amazing vocalists, amazing, and they're very clever and talented. And um, yeah, I can't wait to put out next week's song. Yeah. And what are the ideas that kids have? What are the most frequent ideas? Um, well, there were a lot. I'll tell you what the 10 ideas were that I took. So um, the uncertainty of everything. And they didn't know, you know, when they had to go back to school and sit apart from their friends and not knowing when they were going to go back to school and all that stuff. So there's a song called Uncertainty, uh, which is sung by someone called Daisy. And then there was the, there was, it was autumn at that time. So someone suggested I write about autumn. So I wrote a song called Autumn Leaves, and which is sung by uh, Emika. And then there was the, the thing about learning new things because lots of kids learnt new things during lockdown. Lots of adults did as well. So we wrote a song called Learning New Things, which is a totally different kind of song with just some... It's got... Uh, it's, got uh, it's got talking. It hasn't got singing. I'll give you that much. And then there's um, one called So Quiet because it was so quiet and that's what comes out on Wednesday. Uh, and that's sung by Asha, and she's got a beautiful voice. Is there any song that deals with environmentalism? Because I know a lot of people had a bit of environmentalism during the lockdown. Uh, no, there wasn't. Not on this album, no. Not on this album. But there was one about... Um, what, what? I need to look up what... <laughs> oh, yeah, about how sisters and brothers were, you know... <laughs> could be your friends because um, there was no other friends to play with. So uh, there's a song which is already out called Sisters and Brothers, about sisters and brothers getting along together. Um, and I need to look up the rest because I've forgotten. Well, I'd like to ask, uh, where did the idea for Full Moon come from? Was it part of the... No, that was a totally different one. Uh, I'd always wanted to write about the full moon. For years, I've thought, oh, I want to write a song. And I actually went over to a place uh, called Golden Bay here 
up the top of the South Island uh, and a small little place, a beach town, or it's not really even a town, but it's a beach called Pakawo. And um, I stayed in a batch. Do you know what a batch is? No, what is it? <laughs> it's like a beach house. So it's a New Zealand beach house. So I stayed in a batch. How's it spelled? B-A-C-H. I'm afraid that uh, people might mishear it and say, oh, no, you said the B word. No. It's a B-A-C-H. And batch? Batch. A bit like um, a baker batch of biscuits, batch. Okay, okay, so... I don't know how you would say it. I can reassure, batch, batch. Batch, that's it, you got it. I I, want to make sure that I don't say any profanity by accident, but... (laughs) Let's go back to it. What were you talking about? Uh... Yeah, so I stayed in a batch, and uh, which is a beach house, and it was right on the beach, and I actually had sort of the brain space, and it was a full moon, and it rose up above the sea, and it was awesome. And if you look on Spotify, you know how you can make a little video to go with your song on Spotify. It's called a Canva canvas. I've got one of those of the actual video of the moon and the sea that's cool yeah it's just on my phone so but it's i I know you're a children's book writer uh what was it like you know to translate the songs into books because i know laurie bertner did that what's the case for you i think a lot of a lot of um artists are doing that i know a lot of kiwi kids artists are doing that um, for me, I always knew Dragons Under My Bed would be a good picture book and I sent it to many publishers here in New Zealand and around the world. They all loved the song, but for whatever reasons, didn't publish it. And then one day I was up north and I was at a school and I was talking to one of the teachers at lunchtime and she said, uh, do you know that Dragons Under My Bed would make a great book? And I said, I do know that. And she went, well, my husband's a publisher. And that's how it happened. So they published, got beautiful illustrations by Lisa Allen. And you sent it to Scholastic? No, no, I didn't do that. The publisher was David Ling, Duck Creek Press. And so he published it. Yeah, uh, but you had another book published by Scholastic. What's it called? No, I don't. Oh, sorry. It was Susie Cato. Whoops, my mind is... uh... Easy mistake to make, but I so am getting one like to, uh, out next year. Have your songs, uh, have your songs <laughs> translated to the page. Oh, it was awesome! I loved it. Um, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> However, it didn't sell very many, but uh, I sold lots as I travelled around the country. And I've got another one, like I said, coming out next week, which should sell more. And it's published by Batemans, and uh, they're What's a sort it of. A, it's called, oh, am I allowed to tell you? It's called Dougal the Dancing Kakapo. And what's a kakapo? It's a, a weird and wonderful New Zealand native endangered bird. And it's an endangered bird. And yes. it, does it go for like uh, relief or whatever? Oh, you mean do people pay to help it out yes um the department of conservation here and uh other um body bodies local bodies and government bodies they uh, also yes help 
And mainly, mainly the Department of Conservation keep it um, protected. And it's only living on uh, in very small parts of the country and in some islands that keep it safe. And how did you get, where did you get the idea for the song from? This is not a song, this is a book. Oh, and but I did write a song about the kakapo as well, which is another story. It's a totally Was it different... ever inspired by the book? No, that was inspired by the uh, global telethon um, that we we're going to talk about later. No, the book, the uh, inspiration for the book came from my illustrator who sent me a picture of a bear dancing, and I said, "Oh, Dougal the dancing bear," and so I wrote a um, I wrote a story about that, a rhyming story, and then uh, we changed it to a kakapo. Because in New Zealand, um, book publishers love native bird stories. So we changed it to a kākāpō and then we got it published, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's going to be a really fun, fun book. Really fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun and it has an amazing message. Uh, are there any other plans to turn other songs into books? Because I, I did... Remember, you had a song with someone else called Be Yourself. Do you think you'd do that with, uh, with, uh, with Make It a Book? I don't have a song called Be Yourself, but it must be someone else. <laughs> you did have a collab with someone that was played on Radioactive Kids. A collab, uh, yeah, I've got many collabs, but not one called Be Yourself. I've got... Uh, oh, I'm... I have a poor memory, but I guess I can picture you that turning into books. Do you think that uh, that you would try making an entire full-length story out of your out of your songs? Because I know you have lots of songs. Um, there are sort of plans to make a chord book, uh, a music book out of my songs, but I haven't sort of put that into action yet. And as far as a storybook goes, I, I probably wouldn't self-publish. It's too expensive for me. So I would only put out a book if I get it published. But the good thing is once you've had a book published, you've got more chance of getting another book published. Yeah, and I could the Cat Bee songbook coming very soon. Just like the Laurie <laughs> Bertner songbook. Yeah. And so you were on the switch on telephone not too yep. long ago and he thought what made you want to join in on that uh well i got the email from funky kids radio from vian and then she just said do you want to be in on this and i said yes and um it was a little bit confusing for some time for most of us kiwi kids artists we weren't exactly sure what was happening but then when we sort of cottoned onto it and got sorted it was actually a massive project and so many people put in so many hours of work for that project um, and it was just really nice to, to, to have a little part in it to be honest it was really cool and to meet people like Sam Smiler who I hadn't met before and Team T and J Team T and J are interesting They're, uh, you've met wonderful people from around the world yeah, and what's it like really collabing cool. with Lori Berkner for the very first time uh, oh, Were you like well, a fangirl and you go like, ah, <laughs> I probably would have, but I didn't actually get to sort of meet her as such. 
But what's it like, you know, to join a global effort to save the environment and to care for endangered species? It felt pretty good. And as I said, a, a new song came out of it, which was last week's release called Kakapo. You want to go and have a listen to that on um, Spotify or wherever. It's a pretty cool song, nice and chill. And you learn a whole lot about uh, the our native bird, the kakapo. And it's got the bird noises in the song as well. Yeah. And what's it like to, you know, uh, did you find it heartwarming to see that these artists are sharing what they care I yeah it was that was the most amazing thing that that people actually put in heaps of time and effort to come together as one world and raise funds for endangered species it was so beautiful it really was a beautiful thing and that cool song that Team T and J wrote with a whole lot of different artists and yeah I love you Team T and J you're on my team now (laughs) (laughs) do you have any favorite artists that you've just discovered from the telephone and any thoughts on them Oh gosh, that's it. It was so long ago now. I'm just kind of remembering. I discover new artists all the time because of my radio show. I'm just really bad at remembering names, but I have discovered so many um, through that telethon and just through, you know, searching and making playlists. And uh, I just love so many different. Uh, do you know Andrew and Polly? Oh yeah, I love their podcast, Deer Snacks. Oh. Hi Andrew. Hi Polly. Hey, hi Andrew and Polly, and I love playing their songs. La la um, la la grapes, la 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 grapes. Oh, I oh. also love that they also do awesome covers like Here Comes the Sun. I remember like I reposted a Peanuts comic strip where someone dealt with the great grape, and then I told Andrew and Polly, you'll get this, you're great grape, la 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 grapes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But what about nice. from the telephone? Any favorite new discovery from that? Oh, man. Well, I Team T&J, for sure, and yeah, Sam Smiler. Too. And um, who's that Irish guy? What's his name? I don't remember, but I think I met oh. Al Start, who seems to be interesting. Oh, yeah. They were amazing. I loved her. I love. Who else? And the Okie Dokie Brothers, not that they were actually on... Um, not that they were actually on the telethon. And same with Elliot Park. What? I didn't it. see them coming. <laughs> no, they went the on it. The brothers, the Okie Dokie brothers were very wonderful. They make these country music and they stood for BIPOC artists, which is a good thing. Yeah. No, I really, um, yeah. This, the this, whole so, family this, is forward. There's too many to mention. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Twinkle Time treated you well? Oh, Twinkle Time is the most beautiful, most beautiful woman on earth. She's just so kind and so um, clever and pretty famous. She's done some awesome stuff. I've been finding more out about her and things she did when she was younger and songs she's been on and things. Yeah, and she searches the world also. Yes, she does, because she does a radio show as well, doesn't she? Yeah, do you think you also like uh, Esther Crow? did you? Yes, definitely Esther Crow. Teeny Tiny Stevies. Do you what, about, uh, what about Beppy? Oh, yeah, I haven't really investigated Beppy too much. 
at this point? One of your faves? Yeah, uh, uh, and she's, she's been, I mean, I just love the sense that we're all globally connected and it culminated the globalization of the pandemic. I mean, before everyone else went live on tour, this was their last show. I gotta yep. say, it's kind of like the Live Aid for the under their teens, am I right? Yeah, it is, you're right. We hey, Matthew, I wanna ask you some questions. Oh, yeah. Can I ask you some questions? Yes, for sure. So I wanna know um, when you started your podcast? And it was back in December as a school project. As a what? As a school project. Ah, right. So what made you cho choose children's music? It's because I went into, uh, I I was listening to Ear Snacks and then Polly, and I fell in love with their road trip mixtapes. I just found it fun that this kind of music exists, and it's nice. It's cool to hear. So that's cool. That's really cool. I love it that you have just from there investigated heaps more artists around the world. It's cool and connected with us all. Yeah, it's 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 a good thing. And how about uh, do you have your any impression on uh, what's your favorite artists from New Zealand? Um. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> I don't like to pick many, but. Um, Claudia Gunn would have to be one of my favourite songwriters for children. Um, everyone's so different. They've all they're all sort of got their own special qualities. You know, like Captain Festus McBoyle. Yeah. If you want pirate songs and kind of songs on the edge, then you've got to go looking for him. If you want upbeat, happy, yeah. um, down to earth songs, you you go to Music with Michael. If you if you want to be sung off to sleep or you want bath time music, you go to uh, Issy Bissy Beats. Like everybody's got their yeah, own special Itty quality. Yeah, Beats is very very. I just love their song about uh, what's about uh, flower Which about one? bubble showers. Oh yeah, yeah. They put out like five different bubble songs. I mean, you need you need lots of bubble songs, don't you? Not just one. Wow. Yeah, and they're beautiful. They are. I yeah. also seem to like how Claudia Raman Gunn writes very natural music. And yes, sort of folk environment and explores yeah. science. You know, it's kind of similar to Wendy and DB. Do you know Wendy and DB? No, I don't. But uh, they make songs about the environment, which is very good. Mm, cool. Yeah, you know, and then there's then there's waste free wonder here. And she I heard writes, waste w a w waste w waste free no waste free wonder. So she does a whole lot of um, songs for about the environment and helping to uh, cut down your waste. So they're really cool too. And uh, she has got another name, and it's Anna Van Real, and she writes she's she writes really awesome songs for children. Um, and then there's Levity Beat, who's also very different. And he creates a lot of instruments out of um, gourds, you know, gourds, like pumpkin shells. <laughs> and he makes them out of chairs and he makes them out of recycled pipe and bottles. He is incredible. I also like the uh, Susie Cato. Any thoughts on Susie and 
Oh, we all love Susie Cato. Susie Cato has been around for longer than any of my songs have been around because she was a TV host and she hosted a, a show called, well, she hosted several, but she hosted one that my daughter used to watch called You and Me. And so she was on every morning in our lounges and she was like our friend. And there were yeah. some catch songs on that. Yeah, that it's kind of like uh, Mr. Rogers, the uh, New Zealand yep. answer to Mr. Rogers. Yep, that would be about right. She was amazing. And she still is amazing. Yeah, she has her own radio show. and She does. I just yep, love how she, she amplifies the voices of the, of, the New, of the New Zealand Kiwi voices. That's right. That's what she does. She has got us all sort of, um, she started off the Kiwi Kids uh, Collective along with someone called Arthur Basting, who was also a big cheerleader for New Zealand children's music. A wonderful advocate. A wonderful advocate, for sure. And what about your radio show? What inspired you to do a radio show? Oh, now there's a good question. I think originally it was so I could get more people to hear my music. And it's had different forms over the years and different names over the years. And I have pre-recorded it over the years. And then I've gone into the studio in the morning, early hours of the morning, live to do it. Now it's an hour show live when I can get to the studio. And um, the thing is, I just love doing it. And kids can ring in and say hi and uh, when I'm there live. And... I don't know, it just gives me joy to listen to other people's music, to play other people's music, um, to talk to kids, to know that people are listening. And in fact, my I just got told the other day that for June and July, my, my show was the most streamed show on all platforms of Fresh FM that Fresh FM uses, our little local radio station. I think over 600 streams for the month. So yeah. that's good news. Yeah, it's good news, and also I just love how you uh, play all these voices. How do you choose the songs for your show? Is it based on a theme? Or? <laughs> it is at the moment. It's, it's kind of random. I'm one of these people who do things on the fly, Matthew, so sometimes on a Friday evening I'm like, <gasps> I've got to do my radio show in the morning, and I'll either make up a wee playlist so I remember what I'm playing and jot down a couple of notes and just go with the flow. And I play it by ear as I do everything and just see what comes out. And other times I'm quite prepared, but mostly it's just sort of <laughs> quick Friday throw together and I'm in the studio. Yeah, and you choose it based on a theme and do you and get yep, lots of submissions? I do. In fact, I For get a lot. Else? Yeah, in my inbox, but I try to keep up with it just on Spotify. I play, yeah, I play most of my songs via Spotify, which is actually awesome because it means that the artists are actually getting streamed and then I'm not just playing their MP3s and they get nothing for it. So if I play them via Spotify, occasionally there's people who, who aren't on there, so I'll put it on an MP3 stick and I'll take it in. I mean, on a USB stick and take it into the studio. A USB? <laughs> I know. Yeah, and how does it feel to? How does it feel to have all these I love your love. around the world? Oh, it's pretty amazing, really. It's just amazing how we can connect with people all around the world now. You know, it was so such a difficult thing. Once upon a time, I might have received CDs or or um, tapes in the letterbox, 
not when I was doing it, but that's how people would have sent their stuff off to radio shows in the beginning. Hey. Yeah, and it seems that you're gaining more connections and you're amplifying more voices. Yeah. I wonder if you have thoughts on All One Tribe, the BIPOC compilation. Uh, yes, I thought, I have listened to it actually, and I thought it was an awesome collaboration. I thought that it was just such a wonderful idea. Lots of different artists. Yeah, that, those are the, really all my only thoughts at this point. But I did think it was a wonderful idea and a beautiful album. And it's all coming together, you know, based on, it's all based on community. Yep, that's right, which is which is really beautiful, a beautiful thing. Because, you know, after the Grammy nomination crisis, it's good to see that how black voices are using their platform to amplify their voices. Yeah, I reckon. It's, um, well, there's been a series of events, haven't there? I mean, obviously Kukuzi that. Fest. Yeah. The Kukuzi Fest. And are you hoping that kids' music will start to become more diverse as the years go by? Yeah, I mean, I think it probably has always been diverse, but it's just getting getting it out there, like with these albums and things that, uh, so people know it's not just a, you know, it's not just a narrow field. It's it extends to everybody around the world in every country. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm, it is. A lot of you who live in New Zealand may know that Cat B isn't just your ordinary kids' music artists. Uh-uh. She's beyond that. <coughs> uh, actually, there's more to Cat B than kids' music. Cat B is heavily involved in local theatrical productions for the first time. And for the first her first musical, she'll be on the ensemble of the classic Disney musical Mary Poppins. So, of course, I since I love Mary Poppins, I couldn't resist the opportunity. So, here is my Cat B talking about her onstage experience in Mary Poppins. Okay. So, I heard you were in the production of Mary Poppins in where you are. Uh, yep. What made you want to like, audition for Mary Poppins? Is there any motivation? Uh, yes, so I've never been in a musical before and it was on my bucket list and so I thought to myself I'll audition for the next show that comes up here in uh, Nelson Musical Theatre it's called and it was Mary Poppins, one of my favourite all-time movies ever so I was like why not and so I auditioned just for the chorus or the company and I got in and I mean, yeah, yeah. I've been working on it ever since. It was a, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, you couldn't resist it, am I right? I couldn't resist it. That is correct, and it has been a journey, and it has been a lot of hard work and a lot of fun. Have you seen any particular musicals before this one? Yeah, I've seen. Not, I haven't been in them, but I've seen The Lion King twice: once in London and once in Melbourne. Ooh. Um, I saw Wicked in Melbourne. I Whoa. wished I'd seen. I wished I'd seen Hamilton instead, but we chose to go to Wicked. <laughs> um, you should have seen Hamilton, but at least it's on Disney Plus anyway. Yes, that's true. What else? Went to um, Mary Poppins, actually, was here, the Broadway musical, the same one we're putting on in Auckland. It was awesome. Any thoughts um, on the musical of Mary Poppins? Um, well, it's it's brilliant. 
That's brilliant. There's songs in it that aren't in the movie, of course. And there's uh, some things are a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I heard that uh, they're bringing it back on the West End. Did you? Yes. It very wow. promises that. I mean, That's... It, it actually started in 2019, a year after the movie. So after the movie... We have Mary Poppins Returns Part 2 in London. Aha! Yay, that's <laughs> it, awesome. Any more musicals you saw? I can't think of any big big ones I've seen, to be honest. Those would be the most. Yeah, that's most all. I've you been also... to local shows, many local shows, and some you put on by the Youth Theatre here, and they've all been amazing. Last one I went to was Shrek. Shrek! They put on Shrek the Youth Theatre, and that was Whoa, cool. Shrek. And that's where I the that's meme. where I found one of the singers from my for my new album, actually. Yeah, I gotta say, Shrek is a favorite of the meme community because oh, body, it's become in so many memes. Oh, yeah, I don't really know much about memes, to be honest. Yeah, but I know that <laughs> Shrek is always very popular, really. Yeah, yeah, well. Very sought after, a... but any thoughts on how Mary Poppins have changed your life and uh, how it influenced you? Well, it's been a, it's been a very... It's been a very good experience to see how much work is put into these things, how much work is put in behind the scenes, how much work is put in by the main characters and by all the cast, um, the directors, the musical directors, the musicians. Like, it's a huge production, and it's uh, been pretty awesome to see how much work goes on behind the scenes. So, um, oh, I'll tell you what I did go and see. Um put on by this this theatre company here in Nelson. It was Little Shop of Horrors and it was brilliant. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, while you yeah. were uh, trying to get the role for Mary Poppins, did you like uh, make take inspiration from like let's say Julie Andrews or <laughs> well, I didn't know what I. They just said, "Come along and sing a song." I didn't have to sing one of uh, one of one from the movie, so or the musical. So I actually sung one of my own, and then I still got in. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, you used your own material. Yeah, but uh, are you excited to be a part of a show that's inspired by a movie that's inspired you all your life? Yes, it's very cool, and there's some parts that just make me get goosebumps, and uh, yeah, it's really a lovely um, experience to be part of, especially this one. Yeah, and do you have any favorite moments from it? Are you sure you're going to remember this for some time to come? Yes, one of my favorite moments is the opening, the very opening um, scene, which is Bert... In Cherry Tree Lane? Yeah. And it, it's just such a bit. It's giving me goosebumps just thinking about it. So that gives me goosebumps. Um, when Feed the Birds, because our Mary Poppins and our Bird Lady have both got such beautiful voices and they're such Wait, great actresses. Uh, can, tell them I say hi, and I'd love to interview them for Mary for, about for Peter Gawk, Mary Poppins, all of you. Oh, oh. Well, let I'll know. let them know. Yep. Yeah. But, but does it feel like surreal that you're playing a role in a in a in something that's inspired all your life? <laughs> yeah, it does actually. I think it will feel more real when we get our costumes on. We were going to do a costume um, rehearsal 
were on Tuesday, but that's when our country shut down to level four, so we all had to go home and we couldn't do our rehearsal. Yeah, well, at least you can send me some pics sometime soon. Yeah, well, I'm not supposed to actually. We're not allowed to take any pictures because oh, it's that's a Broadway leaking. musical. It's <laughs> no, but even after the event, we're not allowed to. Yeah, but at least I'd I wish I would see it because I know Mary Poppins is one of my all-time favorites. Because yeah. Julie Andrews, Julie Andrews. Yeah. Who's your favorite yep. Mary Poppins? Are you more of a Julie or an Emma? No, no, of a oh. Julie or an uh, Emily. <laughs> I thought um, Emily did a great job, it was, and it was a great movie, another great movie. But I have always been a Julie Andrews fan, all the way. You, yeah, and you also, you also seem to like how they portrayed uh, it very well. I Who's also... that? Oh yeah, the movie. Yes, yes, the Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I thought it was well done. Do you think you might fall in love with the musical more than the movie? Because I know the musical is a lot more detailed than the movie. I think the movie is always going to have a place in my heart. I don't think... Um, I think the musical is awesome because it's right there and it's live and everything. But yeah. the movie's always going to have a special place in my heart. Have you ever read the original books by P.L. Travers? No! Have you? I have. And it feels very wonderful. I mean, it does have its own magic. I mean, I understand that, remember the movie Saving Mr. Banks? Uh, yes. B.L. Travers was so mad. Mm -hmm. She would feel like as if he would be anti-Disney. He would turn down Disney's camp policies. You know, if it were politics, uh, yeah. uh, P.L. Travers would be Disney's biggest political opponent. Yeah. P.L. Travers says, no to Disney. Disney sucks. Disney's corrupt. Yep. Am I right? But yeah, I think you are. I know. I, I I know that there's so much rhetoric between Disney and PL, but I have to say this: the if every iteration of Mary Poppins has its own magic, has its own charm, has its own set of quirks. Uh, do you think that way too? Yeah, I do. I guess the fact that I grew up kind of watching the movie and the fact that you know they'd never done any animation in a movie with real people before it was one of those first of its kind um, to watch that when you're a small child after you've just been watching normal black and white tv you know <laughs> with no color and just yeah. to see that it was just so magical that it, it's it's more about the whole feel around it and the, the time and the age of me I suppose yeah, but it still goes on for generations. <laughs> it does, yeah. And Would that's... you invite any of my friends in New Zealand to check out the uh, Mary Poppins production you're in? Uh, well, I would, except that they'd have to travel to Nelson. So I guess there's some people who... No, I don't think anyone's going to travel this far. And at the moment, we can't travel at all, so... Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys will check it out. Any thoughts on Jacinda Jadern? Jacinda Ardern. Yeah, what do you think of Jacinda? Well, I think she's awesome and I think she's doing her best to run the country. It's obviously not easy and especially not in the times that we're in right now with the pandemic and um, 
yeah, it's it's not. She's doing her best, and so far, New Zealand has been one of the luckiest countries, um, mm. as far as the spread of COVID nineteen yeah. has. Is Do you concerned. think that so, she's an example for the rest of the world to follow? For sure, definitely. Yeah, it's good to have you, and it's wonderful to know that we have we all have something in common. Yeah, it is. It's awesome that you uh, thank you for interviewing me and taking the time out of your busy day. Yeah, very wonderful. Thank you. Spit spot. Spit spot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah, nice one. And that's it for the show. We hope you've enjoyed my conversation with the beautiful cat bee. And I hope to catch you around next time. Bye.